This morning, we're starting a new series called Family Matters, and this is what the wisdom of the Proverbs has to say about relationships and about family and about uh, parenting and marriage and relationships, and today, we're going to talk about communication. So the title of this message is, Say What? And this is what the Proverbs have to say about communication. I just want to warn you, this is a really, really, really weird message, so... I've never done a message like this, and I, I, I kind of felt like I was supposed to just let the Word of God speak for itself. So um, these are the Proverbs are the sayings of the wise. Solomon wrote these to his sons, and everyone, you know, regardless of where you are in your spiritual walk, there's something that you can learn from the Proverbs, because the Proverbs are about uh, obtaining wisdom, and obviously the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But when you, when you start to hear the Proverbs, you'll start to see there's this pattern that there's a lot of great insight and a lot of interpersonal skills that are going to come through the Proverbs. Um, so we're just going to go through a whole bunch of them today. Um, and the Bible says that, that when we ask the Lord to give us wisdom, it says he will do it generously without finding fault. So I love that. I love the promise that, that God will generously provide wisdom to us. And one of the ways that he provides it is through not only the Bible, but specifically through the book of the Proverbs. Um, <clears throat> so this morning, were you given a little slip of paper as you walked in? Anybody? Hold that up if you have that with you. Somebody told me that we're, we're expecting too much if we're expecting you to take notes. Um, what this little piece of paper is for is what I'd like you to do is as we read through a whole bunch of Proverbs, I would like you to write down the reference for the ones that really hit you. The ones that you're like, oh, I really need to, I need to pay attention to this one. And, and at the end, I'd like to have you choose the top three and memorize them. And there's a couple of them I'm going to say, certain people aren't going to be able to memorize certain ones. And um, you'll, you'll explain that as I go through. Um, most of these references are from the New Living Translation. So whatever translation you prefer, uh, you, could, you can memorize it in whatever, whatever way it makes most sense to you. Um, the, the Proverbs talk a lot about foolishness versus wisdom. And it's, today we're going to talk about a lot of different things, how fools communicate and then how wise people communicate. Uh, fool according to the Proverbs, doesn't mean someone who's not intelligent. What a fool means is somebody who's a mocker or a scorner or kind of like devil's advocate or proud um, or an ambassador for, for the evil one. So you don't want to be a fool. You want to be wise. And so the Proverbs provide that. So uh, the Proverbs teach us how to communicate with one another. And, and I think we all know that Words are really, really important, especially in relationships. You know, marriages and families and churches and companies and friendships can all be destroyed just by, by words. And so we'll start out with the first passage, and I'm just going to say 1218, and that means the 12th chapter, 18th verse. So 1218, the words of the reckless pierce like swords. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. 
How many of you have ever had somebody say something really cutting to you and it just, oh, just pierces you like a sword? Anybody? I'm the only one? Okay, good. (laughs) It says, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. So conversely, if someone says something really wise to you and and really life-giving, it can really heal a lot of the woundedness that happens in our heart. 14.4 says, gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. 14.7, the lips of the wise give what? Good advice, but a heart of a fool has none to give. So it's basically saying, don't take your counsel from a fool, right? Don't listen to foolish people when they're trying to give you counsel. 14.12 says, there's a path that seems right, but in the end it leads to death, right? You know, a lot of times people will tell you, oh, listen to your heart. You should just listen to your heart. No, don't listen to your heart. Your heart is deceitful above all things, the Bible says. So you don't want to listen to someone. You don't want to listen to your heart. You want to know what it says in the word of God. Because, you know, most of the principles in the Bible are kind of upside down. For example, Jesus says, if you seek to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for his sake, you'll find it. It says, if you want, if you give, you will gain more, right? It says that if, if, you're, if you want to be the greatest, you have to humble yourself and become a servant. So it's always kind of upside down. So following your heart will usually tend to lead you somewhere you don't want to go. So there's a path that seems right, but in the end it leads to death. 1429 says people with understanding control their, their what? Anger. Anger. A hot temper shows great you guys are getting quieter and quieter and quieter. You're getting angry. <laughs> well, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. How many of you know when you're in the middle of an argument and somebody says something to you and then it just stirs you up and it gets you even more angry? A harsh word stirs up anger, but it says a gentle answer turns away wrath. So, you know, you can see that a lot of times, like if, if something happens, and uh, for example, let's say, uh, like I, I, was on the, I was in a parking lot the other day, and I accidentally cut somebody off. I wasn't paying attention. I was, I'm a distracted driver. And I cut somebody off, and they were like, you know, they were kind of giving me like, uh, we're number one. So they were, uh, not really, they didn't really do that. I would have been devastated. But, um, but you know, I could see they were really upset by that. And I just turned around and it was like, they were okay with it. And it's kind of like that. Like if I would have given them a number back, they, you know, it's like that would have just stirred up anger. But instead it's like, you can quell that with, with a gentle answer. Um, 1528, the heart of the godly thinks carefully before what? The heart of the godly thinks carefully. So, so it's saying, weigh your words before you just start saying stuff. Um, 1620 says, those who listen to instruction will prosper. Who wants to prosper? This doesn't just mean money, okay? This means you'll be blessed and you'll have satisfaction and fulfillment and joy and peace. It says those who listen to instruction will prosper, but those who, and those who trust the Lord will be joyful. 1620, those who listen to instruction, oh, 
I repeated that. Proverbs 17.1, I love this one. Better a dry crust eaten in peace than a house filled with feasting and conflict. So this is basically saying it's better to eat corn dogs. Well, you guys probably love corn dogs. Let's say uh, better to eat, what's something that is kind of gross? It's better to eat broccoli. Okay, broccoli in a peaceful home than to eat filet mignon in a home where there's a lot of anger and strife. Okay? Or candy. Okay, candy. (laughs) All right. Uh, 1710, a single rebuke does more for a person of understanding than a hundred lashes on the back of a fool. This is saying if you're teachable and someone comes and brings you a word of instruction, that will do more for you than a hundred lashes on somebody who's stubborn and and doesn't want to be taught. 1717, this is a really good parenting scripture. It says the first to speak in court sounds right. Until the cross-examination begins, right? Parents, how many of you have had your first child come to you and say, he hit me, and you're thinking, what? You hit my little precious? And then you find out from the other child that your little precious spit in their face, right? You guys know that? This is a really good uh, principle for relationships, that we're, we're called to expect the best in one another. We should expect the best. I think our natural tendency is always to assume the worst, right? But we're supposed to assume that people are doing the best job that they can. So the first to speak in court sounds right, but then when you hear the other side of the story, you're like, okay, there is another side. So that's a really good one to memorize. Um, anyone who loves to quarrel loves to sin, Wow. Anyone who trusts in high walls invites disaster. High walls is talking about like you're really closed. You're closed to anyone speaking into your life. It says that if you're doing that, you're opening yourself up to disaster. A truly wise person uses few words. I'm going to move on. I don't like this one. This is convicting. (laughs) A truly wise person uses few words, but a person with understanding is even-tempered. The next one, 1728, even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. I have a friend who's, who's um, pretty quiet. He doesn't say much. He's going to get this tattooed on his arm right here, just the reference. Even the fool appears wise when he remains silent. <laughs> you ever seen that? You see somebody and they look so intelligent and then they open up their, their mouth and you're like, well, <laughs> read that one wrong. 18.2, the fool has no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. The way that I memorized this was out of the New International Version, and it says the fool delights in airing his own opinions. And one time, uh, my, when my husband first became a Christian, he loved to, to talk and talk and talk, and he would have said the same thing, so I'm not exposing. He's not here to defend himself, but he would just talk and talk and talk. And finally, our assistant pastor came to him and said, you know, the Bible says that the fool delights in airing his own opinions. And my husband was like really convicted by that. So this is a really good one. If you have a tendency to be a person like me, you just like to talk and talk and talk. The Bible says you only want to air your own opinions. So that one's really convicting. I think I'll memorize that one. 18.6 says fools' words get them into constant quarrels. They're asking for a beating. Yikes. 
Okay, here's, here's another really convicting one. 18.7 says, Rumors are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. Other translations say the words of a gossip, the choice words of a gossip go deep into your inmost parts. Gossip separates close friends. Gossip can, can tear apart families and churches and all kinds of relationships. So the best thing you can do If someone comes to you and wants to gossip about someone else, the best thing you can do is say something kind about the person that they're gossiping about, right? Isn't it so hard to do that, though? Isn't it so hard? Because when they start telling you something, you're like, oh, I want to hear what this is, right? Isn't that just our flesh? We want to know, but it's saying saying that this goes deep into your heart. And then you know the next time that you run into that person, you ever notice you're like really close to them? You built those high walls. You notice that when you see that person that you've been gossiping about, you see them and your heart's really closed. Is anybody convicted or are you guys just sleeping? You guys are all super quiet. Okay, here's another one. Spouting, oh, 1813. Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. How many times have you started to spout off? Somebody tells you something, you start to spout off and then you realize, oh, I didn't. I didn't know all the facts. It's saying it's shameful and foolish. 1820, wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. 1821, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. So basically what this is saying is that, that if you speak life-giving words, you will reap the benefits of speaking life-giving words. You yourself will be blessed, but if you speak death or you speak words that are not life-giving or critical words, you will also reap the consequences which are negative. So speak words of life, basically. That's what this one is saying. Um, 1919, hot-tempered people must pay the penalty. If you rescue them once, you will have to do it again. You guys all know somebody, don't you? Somebody's coming to mind, right? You're all thinking of someone. If you can't think of someone, it's probably you. (laughs) You're the one that has to be rescued. (laughs) Uh, 1920, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Uh, 1925, if you punish a mocker, the simple-minded will learn a lesson. But if you correct the wise, they will become all the wiser. The Bible, in some other translations, it says that if you walk with the wise, you will grow wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. It's saying it's an, the, the wise man listens and grows wiser still. So you want to you be around people that have wisdom, right? You want to you learn from that and take instruction from them. Uh, 2015, wise words are more valuable than much gold and many rubies. How many of you have ever had a friend who you're really upset and you're stirred up and then all of a sudden they come and just say something really wise and it's like, oh yeah, that's awesome. Um, uh, 2019, a gossip goes around telling secrets. So don't hang around with chatterers. Don't even hang around with them, it says. Avoid a gossip, it says. 2111, if you punish a mocker, the symbol... Simple-minded become wise. Oh, I just said this one. Oh, I wrote it twice. Sorry about that. Uh, 21.9. Okay, now this is the one I said, husbands, you can't use this one on your wives, okay? So 
Don't memorize this one and then try to use it on your wife. It says, it's better to live in a corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. Ugh. Women? I, I'm not sure I understand this one. What does that mean? <laughs> really? It's better to live on the corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. And also, in 19, it says it's better to live alone in the desert than with a quarrelsome, complaining wife. How many quarrelsome, complaining wives do we have here? <laughs> no, you don't want to raise your hand? <laughs> okay. Uh, 21, 23, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you'll stay out of trouble. <sighs> I need to memorize that one. 22, 24, don't befriend angry people. Or associate with hot-tempered people, or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. Ugh. The, the way I memorized this originally was, whoever associates with an angry man will become like him. Ugh, that's kind of, you see that though, right? If you're around somebody who's really angry, don't you start to kind of get a little irritated and a little hot under the collar? Yeah? Um, Twenty. 24.5, the wise are mightier than the strong, and those with knowledge grow stronger and stronger. Knowledge is power. Uh, 24.6, so don't go to war without wise guidance. Victory depends on having many advisors. Now, this is one, I, I'm always amazed, you know, um, that people will make these huge life decisions. They'll make these, these decisions that are, that are really significant without asking anyone their advice or asking anyone their opinion. Ask some wise people. If you're going to make a, a big move or a big career change or do something pretty significant, just get other people's input. It's a really, it's a really wise way to live, Okay. Don't go to war without wise guidance. Victory depends on having many advisors. 24.33, it says it's wrong to show favoritism when passing judgment. 24.26, it says an honest answer is like a kiss of friendship. This is for those of you who have that friend that when you ask them if you look terrible in an outfit, they'll say, uh, yeah. How many of you value that in your friendships? Because when you're asking them, you don't just want them to compliment you. You actually want to know. Am I right? You want to know, hey, does this outfit look bad on me? It's like, yep, <laughs> looks pretty bad. But that's like a, like a kiss of friendship. 25.12 says, to one who listens, valid criticism is like a gold earring or other jewelry. Kind of the same thing. If you're open to it, if someone comes and criticizes you and it's valid. Lately, I've been asking uh, a lot of people close to me to tell me what my blind spots are you know, which is a little intimidating both for me and for them. You know, it's like, hey, tell me what I'm not seeing about myself. You know, tell me how I'm coming across. That's a really good thing to do. This is one that's always very confusing to people. Proverbs 26, 4 and 5. Okay, I, I hear this all the time that this is a contradiction in the Bible because it says, don't answer the foolish argument of fools or you will become as foolish as they are. And then the very next verse, it says, be sure to answer the foolish arguments of fools or they will become wise in their own estimation. So doesn't that seem like a contradiction in the Bible? Doesn't it? You guys awake? It's not a contradiction because basically what it's saying is there will be times where someone is saying something really ridiculous and you don't even acknowledge it. And then other times someone will be saying something really ridiculous and you're supposed to say no. That's not true. And you're supposed to 
to determine which case, if you, if you feed this side of it and then it'll just cause this huge fire, or if someone needs to be, they need to be shut down for whatever reason. It's just basically saying there are going to be times where you have to and there are going to be times when you don't have to, so it's actually not a contradiction. Um, 27.5, an open rebuke is better than hidden love. I have some friends and they will come to me and they will rebuke me and they will tell me the truth. If I've done something that has hurt or offended them or if I've, you know, crossed the line when I'm up here (laughs) sometimes, they will come to me and say, yeah, that wasn't okay. Don't Don't you need that in your life? Don't you need friends that are really truthful and honest with you? It's saying here, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Uh, 27.6, we're almost done. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from your enemy. Some of you have memorized it. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, more to be multiplied than the kisses of an enemy. It's better to have someone who really, truly loves you tell you the truth than to have someone who doesn't like you just continue to flatter you. 29.1, this, uh, are you guys reading through the Proverbs? Remember, we were going to read through as a family, one a day. There's 31 of them. So today is the 29th. So this is 29.1. Whoever stubbornly refuses to accept criticism will be suddenly destroyed beyond recovery. Ah, owie. Owie. 29.11. This is another, whew. Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. You know, a lot, of, a lot of times in counseling, they'll go, you just go ahead and vent. You just, you just talk about how that made you feel. What happens when you really do that, though? When you start venting, what does it do? It's like, ugh, just gets you amped up, doesn't it? Just makes you feel even more angry, right? This is saying, fools, it's foolish to vent your anger, which is also true for two-year-olds. You know, the temper tantrum? We'll talk about parenting later in August, um, but, but that's a really, that's a significant thing. Fools vent their anger. It's foolish to, to vent your anger, um, but, it, but it's better than, I guess, well, it's wiser to hold back. That's basically what this is saying. Um, 30, 30, 33 says, as beating of cream yields butter and striking the nose causes bleeding, so stirring up anger causes quarrels, Right? You stir up somebody's anger, is that really going to benefit you? Or is it going to just create this huge rift in your relationship? Again, back to 15.1. I think probably a lot of you wrote that one down. It's a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You can keep that quarrel going, right? You can keep that argument going. Just keep. This is a really good one for marriage. <laughs> you know, if you're in the middle of that argument, okay? Um, Uh, Here we are in Proverbs 31. The Proverbs 31 woman who is the wife of noble character. It says that when she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instruction with kindness. Right? That's, That's how the Proverbs 31 woman talks. Instead of like, if I have to tell you one more time to get in your bed. Right? Isn't that the way that, that we tend to... It's saying here... She's, when she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. Any other moms convicted by that one? Just me, again? 
Now here's what her family says about her. It says her children stand and bless her and her husband praises her. This is the Proverbs 31 woman. It says her children stand and bless her. So kids, you're supposed to bless your mom. And it says husband, her husband praises her. Okay? So the wisest thing you can do, the wisest thing that you can do is to fear the Lord and to know what it says in his word and to, and to understand what these Proverbs are. So go back on your little piece of paper if you wrote down any of those references. Choose three of them. This is your assignment for this week and you will be graded and we'll have each and every person... Co- no, not really. But ask each other. Say, hey, which three did you memorize? But memorize three of these. Hide that word in your heart. Ask the Lord for wisdom. Amen?